Thank you for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Mesher Collins. Would you consider a $30 a month donation? You can give securely online at iowacatholicradio.com, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, or call 515-223-1150. From the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about the recent ad limina visit that Bishop Johnson made to Rome with other bishops of our Midwest region. Our guest today is Bishop James Johnston, Bishop of the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Morning. Hey, maybe a uh, promise of spring a little bit. <laughs> it right. seems like the light is in the, a little more in the days, and so... Uh, of course, uh, the spring, the spiritual spring, which is Lent, but we'll talk a little bit more about that at okay. our later segment. But uh, kind of pumped about this Iowa Catholic Men's Conference coming up right. tomorrow morning. So, Very exciting. You know, when Matt Campbell rolls into town, you know, I mean, not just cyclones, but all <laughs> good Christian men should get uh, get uh, get the spirit flowing here. So mm-hmm. that should have us pumped. But uh, uh, kind of a whirlwind week again, you know. Mm-hmm. God just keeps opening doors for me and a chance to meet with some new people and encounter new people in the community. So I was with the uh, Catholic Worker House community last Friday and got to be with them and kind of see their ministry mm-hmm. been going on at the Bishop Dingman House and the Associated Houses of Catholic Worker. And so on a very cold day, uh, how many were coming not simply for food to fill the bellies but and supplies to kind of get them through these tough times mm-hmm. sometimes in the winter, mm-hmm. the homeless and others as mm-hmm. well. But uh, to have that uh, that fellowship and that friendship in Christ and have their own dignity reflected back to them. So that was a, a beautiful moment. And obviously, I think uh, our people in the community should always be aware that that's uh, an opportunity them to provide outreach and support. Saturday night, I wasn't quite sure what I was walking into at St. Pius, but uh, the teams of Our Lady, which have been in existence for over 30 years, a kind of ministry, couples to couples in a way, with a spiritual advisor usually. So I was there, and they gave them a little mini retreat on Saturday night. Oh. Uh, I wasn't sure. We kind of talked about friendship and marriage. You know, can those two go together? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's Hopefully. everyone's hope. That's everyone's hope, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Kelly, you can reflect on that. No? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> if your husband's listening, so good. And then finally, with the Shelby County Catholic School on Monday, and so the great people at St. Michael's and Harlan, and uh, I, I'm. It's a challenge to our schools and the diocese. Mm-hmm. I think that was the best children's choir I've heard. So they may not have been <laughs> okay. great in number, but just they put out the the spirit and their their diction and their their pitch i think it was spot on so thank you for that great experience and then we got to sit with some of the students and uh, continue to visit so we we did that as well uh just uh, again following father ross parker around in a way and he uh you know we met we always kind of review and pray for and see where we're at with some pres- prospects for the priesthood he's got a list of about 45 names wow. so i really awesome. ask the people out there and people mm-hmm. on spirit catholic radio to pray that these men's hearts might be open to how the lord might be inviting them to to go deeper into that mystery but uh and then i was uh kind of back in homey land last night i was up at saint thomas aquinas in ames for their thursday night liturgy and uh so that was a uh, I won't say rocking and rolling, but uh, just a great, again, music, mm-hmm. and probably 150 students were present for that, so kind of bringing back the time on, on that as well. So uh, pr- the night before, <laughs> Stump the Expert in uh, Indianola, St. Thomas Aquinas Parish, so I don't know what they thought I w- might be an expert <laughs> on, but uh, the, the young people there, the young people's group, and uh, Todd mm-hmm. Clancy and company mm-hmm. really uh, had a, a nice time. Brian Gonzalez, Justin White, Katie Widener, and myself fielded questions from everything about purgatory, 
to how to live faith in our own present day and age mm-hmm. and why celibacy so for for people so i i don't think we were totally stumped but i think just in that process of listening to each other i think we kind of opened up the mystery for the young people and i certainly was enriched kind of poignant uh, note here as we conclude this first segment we're conscious right now that uh actually the, the show that we taped two weeks ago truth and advertising <laughs> on that and i made reference to mildred cogdell mm-hmm. and dunlap iowa and her beautiful letter kind of testimony of faith and i was able when i was out to woodbine to uh dedicate the altar to pop over to dunlap and kind of make an unexpected call on, on mildred and her husband bob they were kind of there on sunday mm-hmm. morning and a delightful 20-minute visit she was in full spirits and everything else and to kind of sharing faith but uh we received news that of tuesday of this week that mildred did pass and uh, unexpectedly for her family and so you know how her witness kind of shines forth but now she does get to see jesus face to face and as they're celebrating the funeral mass at st patrick's in dunlap this morning mm-hmm. uh father joel mcneil our hearts go out to all of their family who mourn this great woman and her great legacy children grandchildren and through building up her parish so uh, may god grant her eternal rest but i hope this doesn't scare people off from giving <laughs> testimonies <laughs> of faith as we go forward <laughs> we're going to take a quick break Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're talking about the recent ad limina visit Bishop Johnson made to Rome with the other bishops of our Midwest region. Our guest today is one of those bishops, Bishop James Johnston of the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph. I don't I don't know about that music selection. Sometimes I trust Jimmy. He's <laughs> <so laughs> kind of stereotypic Italian, but there we go. All right. So it kind of brings back the spirit, maybe, in a way. But uh, Bishop Johnson, so pleased that you would have time for us this morning and uh, uh, one of the privileges of getting to know you in some of these bishop events that we've had in recent weeks. So I guess we got the Johnston and Johnson show this morning. So yes, yeah, yeah, I so. was thinking of that too. Yes, J and J, J and J boys. All right, <laughs> if this works out, we'll take this on the road here. Okay. <laughs> well, good. So the ad limina visit to the threshold uh, of Peter and Paul and, the, and all the great apostles there and the region nine bishops there. Uh, that wasn't your first ad limina visit, though, was it? No, I uh, I went uh, for the first time back in 2012 uh, as a fairly fairly young bishop. Uh, I became a bishop in 2008, and so a little over almost three years into it, and or so, and uh, so uh, went in 2012 with um, with Pope Benedict at the time. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you were a bishop of Springfield, Cape Girardeau at the time. That's uh, been kind of a cradle of bishops over the years and things. But uh, uh, any sense maybe of uh, what was unique or distinct, you know, not only in the engagement with the Holy Father, but just in general this time around? Well, um, there, of course, there are a lot of similarities. Uh, going to the tombs of the apostles and praying, as you mentioned, is, uh, I think, a, a key part of every ad limina, but just noticing uh, some of the different uh, styles that are different between uh, the popes uh, was different. Uh, um, I think Pope Benedict's, the visit with him was, uh, in a sense, uh, sort of a con- uh, continuous with uh, his predecessor, John Paul II, even though I didn't didn't go with John Paul II, um, just going with Pope Francis this time, uh, just the the amount of time that he spent with bishops was a distinct difference. Um, uh, spending almost well two and a half hours with us, uh, with with uh, no rush, uh, and there was a little less of an there was more of an emphasis I think on our our time with him this time around than than the first time. Even though Pope Benedict was very gracious, um, he spent uh, about a, a little over a half hour with. Uh, with the bishops, but uh, I, I was just struck this time by the the care and the time that Pope Francis gave to all of us uh, in in the time that we had with him. Well, was truly remarkable because surely people are queuing up for FaceTime with the Pope, and that he would uh, afford us that luxury of being with us throughout that time. And uh, I mean, when uh, priests or other ministers or what think two and a half hour meeting, oh my, that's going to be a long one here. Better settle in, you know, even though a football game lasts three hours or more. <laughs> yeah, uh, personally, yeah. that time flew. Once in a while, I was saying, wow, this is really happening. <laughs> He's giving us this time in that way. And a man who's 83 years old. Any impressions yeah. from that or insights into his spirituality or style of pastoring? Yeah, um, you know, it was not, uh, you, you almost go into that, at least I did, uh, almost thinking, well, um, is this going to be sort of a an interrogation of what's what's going on there, but really it it was sort of the reverse. Uh, he he basically sort of uh, said, "There's there's no real agenda here. Y'all let's let's talk about what you want to talk about." And so he was the one that allowed us uh, to approach him with some of our concerns and questions, and uh, uh, which were wide ranging. And so um, I th- I just thought his uh, approach to us. Um, I think was a model for I think how he wants us to be pastors in our own dioceses. He he often says uh, really two things. You know, be make sure you're close to your people and uh, and uh, become aware of of their needs and uh, don't be distant. Be be close to your your people uh, as well. And then be be uh, bearers of the joy of the gospel. And uh, and he modeled that I think during the time that he spent with us. Mm-hmm. And there was a few, more than a few lighthearted moments, too. And he can obviously laugh at himself, too, right, as he asks him whether he takes a <laughs> yeah. day off or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, those, those were some of the, you know, you, almost uh, I was with my, some, a bunch of fifth graders yesterday and allowed them to ask me questions. And I think some of our questions were like the fifth grader questions <laughs> that we put to the Pope, you know. <laughs> what do you do on your day off, you know? <laughs> That's often what I get asked. You do you know, still or, do you still wear the white cassock? We didn't ask him that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> do you yeah, wear jeans yeah, or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you wear those clothes all the time? You know? <laughs> 
you, if you, do you wear a dry fit uh, walking clothes or something? Very good. No, that that was a really powerful moment. But there, obviously, there was there were other things, in both spiritual and and a practical level as well. Um, you were the main celebrant and homilist at the concluding mass. We had mass at the, four of the major basilicas throughout the week. You were at uh, St. Paul outside the walls. Uh, any impressions there? And, uh, and um, I, I have no reason to kind of suck up to you, but uh, again, your homily was very moving <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, left an imprint, I think, a lot of us who were able to, to hear you preach. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, I, I just consider that a great privilege. I've, of course, been to St. Paul several times, but I believe, you know, other than the other ad limina visit that I celebrated uh, back in 2012, that that was uh, re- that, uh, that's really the the second time I've celebrated mass there, and uh, and it's the it's the only time I've been honored to be able to preside, and um, so I I thank my uh, metropolitan Archbishop Carlson for asking me to do it this time. So I was honored by that, but as you as you remember, uh, Bishop. Uh, you know, it was kind of a special, providential moment because when we were there, um, the uh, earthly remains of Saint Timothy mm. uh, were there uh, just for that few, uh, just for a few days. It just so happened to be while we were there, and I, I was just struck that you know we were there at the tomb of Saint Paul, and here uh, was another uh, early bishop that he wrote, uh, you know, two epistles to, for um, in the New Testament, and. We were there with both St. Paul and, for a, for a little while, St. Timothy. So I was just struck, again, by just the power of uh, just the connection to the apostolic church. And that's something we, we I think, are deeply aware of in, in the Catholic church uh, and, and uh, in our, our long history going back to the, to the ear, earliest times of Jesus and the apostles. But that, that for me, was... Uh, kind of a beautiful thing to not only be there during that but to, to be there with my brother bishops um and um and to to be able to pray and and offer mass so um i was just it was just a graced moment for me and i think for all of us i think for all of us i mean collaborators the the two of paul and timothy and brothers in the lord and how we are to to strengthen each other as well as strengthen the brethren at large. So yeah, it was very moving and kind of a mini procession. I didn't know if you had orchestrated that all or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this, this Johnston's good. I mean, look at that. <laughs> You're giving me too much credit. Okay, there, so. <laughs> all right. Okay. Maybe a little more serious note here. Um, you, uh, we all met with the Pontifical Committee for Protection of Children, and obviously Pope Francis is taken very seriously. Uh, both the the wounds that have been inflicted by those who act in the name of Christ, and then uh, you know taking undertaking some processes and things, and so uh, kind of the the role and the engagement with Father Robert Oliver, who was a, a, a principal person, I mean, a Boston priest in that. But uh, you were kind of zeroing in on this whole notion of vulnerable persons at one point, and I guess uh, what were you aiming at, and what was your takeaway, and maybe any connections with. Your your uh, role among our own country's bishops. Yeah, I, uh, I I've just had a lot of conversation in my own diocese around uh, this notion of um, a vulnerable adult. Uh, certainly, the the charter for the protection of children and young people uh, appropriately focuses on minors, uh, those who are children and or youth who are not yet adults. But uh, with the the recent document that's come out from the Holy See that we're, I think, 
getting our arms around now, Vos Estes Lux Mundi, um, that really... Uh, you are the light of the world. You are the light, you are the light of the world. Mm -hmm. It focuses on, on, on bishops and, uh, and any um, misuse of their authority, either with minors, but it introduces this uh, category, a new category, that mentions vulnerable adults. And I suspect that's uh, an out, uh, outcome of uh, the scandal that it, uh, came about from the revelations around um, former Cardinal McCarrick and his taking advantage of seminarians who were uh, under his authority, not minors, but young adults who were put in a position as seminarians uh, that was awkward and, in a sense, um, took, was, you know, took, took advantage of, of their relationship with the bishop. Uh, you know, if, uh, and so this new category uh, and its definition were, are, are, I think, something that I'm want to learn more about, and I, I'm hoping there will be a lot more clarity around the definition around who is a vulnerable adult. There are certainly certain things that are clear. Uh, if you're uh, debilitated by, by physical debilitation, you can't move, for example, or you're uh, mentally incapacitated, but there's an, an, another part of the definition of that term that pertains to uh, the deprivation of freedom. Um, you know, some of that is a little bit uh, hard to quantify. And I, I'm all, as a former engineer, I'm always looking for a, uh, as much clarity as possible around around words and, and terms, uh, so that uh, so that we can uh, so we can have clarity around some of these issues. So I'm just I wanted to bring that up just to see if there were uh, there was something more coming in terms of uh, definition or clarity around parts of that new terminology. And I would wonder if, you know, our American sensibility and the professional standards that obtain, not only for clergy, but uh, all professionals in the therapeutic or other professions, uh, counselors and things like that, uh, you know, certainly I think we think about uh, a kind of imbalance of, of, of authority or power that's there. So is it kind of almost de facto that in a ministerial situation, somebody's approaching you, yeah, obviously if we're celebrating a uh, wedding or something like that's a kind of a joyful occasion, but as you know, kind of one-on-one -on -one ministry, that are we, you know, by that very nature, talking about a vulnerable person who's seeking, you know, something, grace and, and, and healing and possibly the reassurance of presence of God and presence of the church standing by them. So that could be a pretty broad net. And I was kind of reflecting yeah. on this with some of our Catholic Charities uh, counselors headed by Scott Caldwell in our own Des Moines Diocese and, uh, you know, the great outreach we've had to schools, but uh, obviously our counseling team is working with a lot of adults, and so I think this is going to be a concern. And, uh, you know, if I heard Father Oliver, you know, he said, well, okay, you know, we have our kind of professional and ecclesial uh, sensibilities here, but it's also going to be a matter where case law is going to help clarify some things as these kind of thorny uh, situations continue to emerge. Is that is that fair to say? I think, yeah, That's that was his... Uh that was his response, as I recall, as well. And I, I think, uh, I think we're going to re just rely on on some of those experts uh, over time to provide clarity. Just, I guess, as we do in any, even in civil law, um, you know, around terms. But um, uh, you, 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 we, I think, uh, my concern is that um, you know, there are those that would look at that very broadly, but others narrowly, and. And when you, where do you come down on it? And um, so, 
I think it's it's going to be one of those things that we'll have to sort of continue to pay attention to and uh, and hope for some uh, a little bit more clarity as um, as this new piece of uh, legislation unfolds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, we were also together shortly thereafter the at Liminot, uh at the U.S. Bishops Bioethics Conference sponsored by the Knights of Columbus in Dallas, and I think I witnessed what was the, the preparatory <laughs> handing over the mantle from the Bishop of uh, Lafayette in Indiana. Uh, to you uh, for our nation's bishops and one of the committees there. Yes, uh, I'm uh, I'm the chair elect uh, f- uh, for the uh, committee on uh, child and youth protection, and so uh, Bishop Tim Doherty of Lafayette, Indiana, uh, continues uh, his term through November, and uh, so uh, during this uh, interim time, uh, I'm trying to pick his brain and and learn all I can about uh, um, where where the committee is, what some of the issues are right now, what uh, what might be on the horizon. Um, certainly uh, Bishop Doherty did a great job and um, really um, had had that committee during a, a pivotal time. And so um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm using this period to, to get up to speed, and I, I hope to, uh, to be present for all the, the committee meetings. As the chair-elect, I'm already a member now, again, of the committee, mm-hmm. and so I'll, uh, I'll be attending uh, those meetings and uh, trying to get myself in a position to where I can do a, do a halfway decent job when, uh, when, I, when my role kicks in and, at no. the November meeting. You know, our, uh, we're all appreciative that you're willing to take that on, and the people of your diocese, too, because that's a sacrifice for them to, to share you with the, the larger church in America as well. We've got about 45 seconds left. Uh, uh, noted you appointed a full-time priest chaplain at the Newman Center at Northwest Missouri State in Maryville. Is that right? Is that uh, an appointment that's been ongoing, or is that something new? It's it's new. Um, you know, there's great things going on on that campus uh, in our diocese. We've, we're blessed with several college campuses, but we've got a great um, a, a great campus minister there. He's done great work over the last few years, so things are growing. There's a lot of health there, and uh, he's asked me for the uh, uh, presence of a priest on a more regular basis and so uh, right now I'm able to, to provide that and uh, there's we've got focus missionaries there great uh, I'm gonna have to kind of butt in here sorry about that but we appreciate the uh, you know the ministry that goes to the Des Moines Diocese as well last question is simply uh, are people crediting you for giving the Pope the Mahomes jersey for the Super Bowl win for the Chiefs I think that's the that's the most important thing maybe I've done since I've been a bishop I don't know <laughs> I've not, I think that's I've gotten more feedback on that than I think anything I've done. I'm not sure what that says. but uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, you are a true shepherd and gentleman, and thank you for your time. Uh, and if you ever want to reconnect to the J&J boys, we can do it, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thanks for, for having me. All right. Bless you. God bless. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know... 
Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mr. Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. Great interview. I really enjoy Bishop Johnston. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, he kind of a kind of a elder brother for me, and he talked about being a new bishop, and that was my experience. So uh, again, just his presence kind of radiates peace. Uh, I'm aware that it's a Carathon Week here at Iowa Catholic mm-hmm. Radio. We're not going to do explicit fundraising during this show, <laughs> right. but that support that's there, <laughs> reflecting on the great gift of God's mercy, which I think St. Thomas kind of points out, it's a godly virtue, but it's not simply strong showing pity to the weak that would lead us to a kind of condescension in that way. Mm-hmm. St. Francis de Sales said that would really be kind of pride dressing up as mercy in that way, and that would make the poor hate us for the very bread that we give them. Uh, I think anyone who sees you know Francis de Sales, obviously uh, kind of a guiding light for me as a spiritual master mm-hmm. and, and uh, shepherd in this way, uh, he calls us to, to do as little children do, with one hand cling to their father and the other gathering blackberries along the hedges. And so we lift up our heart gently whenever it falls and humble ourselves before God. Not surprised that weakness is weak, frailty is frail, and misery is m- miserable, but God's mercy is always greater. He never dwelled on fi- uh, failure. One woman who once came to him was a notorious prostitute and came to confess and received absolution, but then just overwhelmed by the experience, collapsed in the confessional. And Francis Rose came to her and asked her to stand, and then he knelt down before her in awe, told her that he was on his knees before her in this way because he was now in the presence of a soul without sin. And so I think that great uh, reverence, you know, that what God mm-hmm. can do, lifting us up. And so hopefully as the uh, season of Lent comes, that people will be ever more uh, desirous of the ways in which they can encounter God in that way. But there's lots going on in the Catholic world too, right. Kelly. And so some things more notable than others <laughs> right. as well. Uh, uh, Mother Angelica fans should be happy. Right. Huh? Yeah. yeah, just announced Mother Angelica is going to be inducted into the Alabama Women's Hall of Fame. So that's going to happen on March 5th. Oh. Uh, of course, she's the founder of... Uh, EWTN. All right, so we should have Sweet Home Alabama playing, but we can't have that, you know, right? <laughs> that way, that'll be a future musical selection. Go, yeah. yeah. And what else? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, well, are you a moviegoer? Uh, I, 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 I hope to be, but, uh, you know, that's something. You that like movies. I love movies, All yeah, right. but haven't, uh, haven't been able to right, keep you've been up. Right, you've been a little busy. Yep. Okay, well, we have a new movie coming out, and it's called I Still Believe. Uh, a lot of people might have heard of Jeremy Camp. He's uh, a Christian singer. He, he has some great songs. But there's this new movie coming out March 13th. And I think what's a little different about this one in terms of Christian movies is that they've got some really big names. So this ha- includes Gary Sinise. He plays the father. Also includes Shania Twain, country music people. Oh, wow. recognize her. That, yeah, yeah, she I plays mean, the mother. I mean, Gary Sinise and Shania. Right. Now we're talking. Here. Okay. And then there's also um, this guy I'm not familiar with, but he's um, the one who plays Jeremy Camp as a young man who's on this popular show called Riverdale, K.J. Um, 
I don't know him, but I think any young person would recognize. Rick I, I hope we're not besieged by people who are shocked and mortified that you don't know him. You know, <laughs> Kelly, I count on you to have your finger on the pulse here. Now, come on. <laughs> well, I think if I was like eighteen, I might yeah, recognize. You know, you're supposed to cover my deficits and not, not confess your own. Yeah, on, I'm on, like on this goes below millennials. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's very popular. So okay, anyway, it should be good. It so, opens March thirteenth. Okay, and we again we gain no Talks commercial about, remuneration nope, for anything. Nope, so there's no. About, there's no emoluments nope. or anything that are changing hands no. here in this way. That's about Gary. Uh, so let me yeah, ask but... you, Matt Campbell appearing tomorrow. Are you kind of a Matt Campbell groupie or, or not? <laughs> I mean, you know, as a, as a cyclone. I'm an Iowa uh, State fan, but I am going to, I am, um, I have notified one of my coworker friends to come with because she's diehard. She's very diehard. So okay. I will be there listening. And you'll be in the mosh pit then for, for <laughs> yes. Matt Campbell. All right. Thank you. <laughs> this has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.